1: for me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me.
0: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
2: This is a journey into sound. A journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new value. And a new experience.
3: Welcome to, you haven't heard this music, podcast side B. Episode, I can't remember, it doesn't matter, it's a B-side, that's what this is. This is a podcast all about lesser known music by lesser known artists. Artists that we believe are as good, if not most of the time, better than that in the mainstream. They deserve a platform to be heard and that's what we're doing. So yes, with me tonight, not as always, I have Neil. Say hello Neil. Hello Rich. How are you? You good? I'm good, I'm alright, yeah. Despite everything that's going on, you know, it's Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm,
4: I'm what did I score myself on the, the lockdown meter last night? About a six. Yeah, you were pretty, um, pretty I'm, down. i I'm, I'm, I'm up to about a seven and a half now, I'm feeling a lot more positive. I'm
3: still feeling quite nineish about it. I feel I feel like I'm in a movie. I'm quite yeah I'm excited about something I shouldn't be excited about. And with us tonight, our special guest we have Danbert with us is it is it is it the band danbert or is it, is it just Danbert or
2: well i i you know uh, I go by Danbert no bacon when I put records out but i i I always have a one band or other with me okay. uh, and i I have this umbrella term for the band, which is the axis of descent
3: okay mm, good name I don't understand it. <laughs> Neither do I. It's a good name. <laughs> no, well,
2: so when you know when uh, you know when I was in Chumbawamba and we had a website, I wrote a page, uh, and it was during the lead up to the Iraq War, and it you know Judge W. Bush did this big State of the Union speech where he identified the Axis of Evil, which was like Iran, Iraq, and North Korea, uh, and so I started writing this blog which was called the axis of dissent so it was basically you know people all over the world who didn't agree with that war and still don't even though it's kind of still going on uh, so that's where it comes from
3: is that available to people to still read that blog no
2: not that one no i mean i have my own website but no and there's links there to things I write. I'm trying to set up a new page or a new site writing about what's going on now, but
4: okay, well, well there's too much to write about. That's the problem. There really is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's where. The, that's why the album needed 27 tracks. Yeah,
3: and probably more. Probably need some more. Right. Just, just, uh, just to fill
4: you in, by the way, Dan. But uh, you probably didn't understand what we were doing at the start when we mentioned scores and things like that. We, we did an episode uh, we put out last night where we, um, we kind of sort of rated uh, ourselves within the team. Me, Rich, and. Um, we had a guest on the show and also uh, our other co-host, Wayne uh, and you have to you have to kind of give yourself a score between um one to ten of how you're coping with the current situation of the uh, oh, okay, sort of lockdown yeah. and apocalypse you know with one being uh, I just want to gouge out my own eyeballs with a screwdriver to ten is i'm um, actually I'm pretty chilled about it so how, uh, how yeah. would you uh put yourself on that
2: scale uh probably you know I've been I had a cough like 12 days ago, so I've kind of just stayed home 95% of the time. Uh, I probably about a six or a seven, you know. So you know, me me schedules all over the place. I get up at like 10:30 in the morning and stay up till three in the morning. I have no appointments on my calendar whatsoever. I work in a cinema and I work in a high school and I'm laid uh. off. So, but yeah, I, and and I have plenty of things I can do, you know keep myself busy but uh I'm not really seeing any people
3: mm, only from over. a
2: distance and it you know most of the time I'm fine but then it just seems so weird and unnatural yeah i'm going just, a little bit stir crazy
3: it is something completely out of the norm for everyone i, I, I don't think once this is over we'll, we'll probably ever in our lifetime ever see anything like this again
4: yeah Hmm. hopefully not
3: but yeah all that doom and gloom aside
4: <laughs> yeah
3: <laughs> Spo- <laughs> let's uh, let, let, let's let's press on um yeah we're gonna be introducing two artists that I've chosen from the submissions that have been sent to us from unsigned artists we have fruits is it just fruits Neil fruits with a Z?
4: yeah fruits with a Z and uh, their the song Z- daydream
3: daydream and chasing deer with their song
4: bad decisions
3: yeah. I've been so busy, I've just, I haven't even had a chance to... Li- I usually listen to the songs over and over again, so as I can talk about, I just haven't had time to... Do- even, in spite everybody else everybody else's lockdown, my life is just normal, if not a bit more stir-crazy. If
4: anything, I think I've been busier.
3: Yeah, but you've took on a college course.
4: Yeah, yeah I've, uh, I've recently started the college course, just now become distance learning, and I don't do distance learning. That's why I wanted a classroom-based course. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I have twins who are
2: aged 20... A boy and a girl, and they got sent home from college, uh, and they're they're supposed to be doing online classes. But who knows? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I'm paying for this one, so I've got to. Uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> and that's my yeah. biggest motivation. <laughs> well, they pay because I I don't know if your listeners know I'm in the United States, uh, in Washington State, up near Canada, and of course we pay for everything here. And it's, oh yeah. <laughs> It yeah. just, this shows how absolutely broken the U.S. system is, totally broken. You know, you know, they've just passed this big bill saying, oh, well, you'll get tested for free and you might get a check from the government. But uh, Time magazine reports somebody who didn't have health insurance, you know, had COVID-19 and had to have, you know, be treated in hospital and they got a bill for $34,000. Well, you know, for like a few days in hospital.
3: Why did you move to Washington from Manchester?
2: (laughs) Uh, My wife, my former wife's American and uh, she had friends here. So I've been here for 13 years. We're kind of lucky in Washington. I'm low wage, so I mostly get healthcare free. And we get a lot of help with student tuition, but you still have to pay.
3: Yeah, yeah. I had to pay
2: for my glasses. (laughs) <laughs>
3: okay. <laughs> right. Okay. We're going to move on to our first artist. Our first artist. We're going to. We're going to go with fruits. Fruits. Uh, yeah. We, we spoke to fruits. Well, Wayne spoke to fruits. So this will be what you're about to listen to is Wayne's conversation with fruits and their corresponding song. So where are you in the world right now,
1: mate? Well, I'm in Carr car in Dublin. In your car, in my don't car, yeah. I don't think we've conducted an interview with somebody in the car, but yeah, so you're, you're the first, James. <laughs> Thank
5: you. I'll take, uh, I'll take that accolade.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll put that on the board uh, in the uh, in the studio. Uh, so, for the listeners and everybody listening, including myself, tell us all about Fruits. Tell us uh, who you are and what you're about.
5: Yeah, we're a four piece from the north side of Dublin. Um, sort of started around late 2017. We had a uh, couple of different drummers but we finally found our proper drummer let's say um last year so like we've we've done a, done a lot of gigging when we started off obviously off in Dublin and ireland and whatnot and we got over to the uk played a couple of gigs in the uk we headlined the zanzibar club in liverpool sold that one out and we always played for scuffin and nick in manchester as well so that was all good the uk love the uk and back home, yeah, everything's really kicking off now. Playing some decent gigs with decent promoters and decent people. So, uh, yeah, released a sh- single there recently, Daydream, which is doing very well. Listeners from all over the world, so it's all looking
1: good. It's all looking Excellent. good. So what what would you say your sound is?
5: It's difficult to say, to be honest. Like, we always say rock and roll, you know what I mean? Classic rock and roll. and We would say guitar music. And then someone else probably say something different,
1: to be fair. Sure. Yeah, because yeah, I I was listening to your song just before we uh before we started recording and I've got like a mixture of brick pop with with indie rock. That's yeah. what I've got. Um, that's
5: a good that's of, actually a good description.
1: Yeah, um, sort of Arctic monkeys meets the bravery, that sort of thing. In in that sort of way. That, so, that's yeah. a brave one, Ari. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd go with the bravery, you know, because you got some darker tones in your music, and I I, yeah, I, I really yeah. like that. You know, you've got the the like the, the brightness of the brick pop, but it comes down, you know, with with the darker tones. I think that's that's what the appeal is of your music. If I'm honest, it's the darkest. It's the darker tones. You know, everybody can write lighter music, but to get that balance is is pretty good. Yeah. So, um, thank you. so tell us all about your story. Where you know, tell us all about fruits and how it came to be.
5: <sighs> well funnily enough, myself and the other guitarist, Jamie, we uh we met through a mutual friend when we must have been about fifteen, sixteen and we never really got up to much like we played in my garage and that was it. Like it was never really going anywhere. You can't really do any gigs when a are fifteen hour here anyway. <laughs> but uh we left off we'll, we played a few house parties, you know, underage drinking when we were about fifteen or sixteen and our now bass player Adam was once in the crowd and Liked what he saw, and that's when he learned how to play the bass. Cause watching those, so we sort of uh, inspired him. And then a few years down the line, we got together and made fruits.
1: That's that's a great story. So, it so you, yeah, you guys um, playing inspired somebody else. That's that's really good. Yeah, that's really good. So excellent. So, um, so we're going to talk talk about daydream. So this is your latest single. Uh, it is, yeah. That's uh, it's been released now, has it? I believe.
5: Yeah, it's, it's actually a while, I think it's about five or six weeks now.
1: Yeah, it was the end of January if I just read, I think that's right.
5: Yeah, I think it was like the yeah.
1: 31st, I think. So, give us a rundown on that, tell us all about how, how that works. <laughs> yeah,
5: now. we'd actually planned on recording a different song, and um, there, was no, like, there was no reason we didn't really, but I think that song was written actually in late December, we all it on my own one night in the studio, and obviously I we'll wrote write a song and then I will send it to the lads. And I think that must have just got overlooked. No one listened to it or whatever. But uh, well, just over the Christmas, myself and Adam, the bass player, were jamming around with it. And we said, I think this actually could be the single. And we got, We had a studio booked for, say, the Saturday. We went in the Monday planning on going over a different song. And I think it was in two days or something. We just said, we, we get Daydream ready. And we done that one. We made that the choice. And it was all finished and whatnot in a week from the whole band learning the song and recorded and mastered and mixed and everything, yeah.
1: Wow. That, that's that's pretty good. That's, that's impressive. All done in a week, yeah. That's really good. So uh, what's the song about? Tell us all uh, the story behind it. <sighs>
5: well, to be honest, I wish I could tell you. <laughs> <laughs> As Noel Gallagher says, the far from the sky, which is probably a great description. Well, I wish I could say there's a formula or something, but there really isn't to be honest uh, it's just words on a page to me
1: really excellent so, yeah it just it just comes fully formed and that's it it's,
5: uh... that's it everyone that ha- listens to sort of has their own meaning behind it which is sort of weird for me and I'm like oh yeah yeah like, am I right am I good at that now <laughs>
1: <laughs> I remember watching years ago um, you know Nick Kershaw oh uh, do like, yeah. yeah yeah and um, he, he was um, fielding questions about the riddle is probably his most famous song and he said that he was getting loads and loads of correspondence from young girls and young lads saying, oh, God, I really I really know what this song's about. You know, it really touches me. I I, I totally get where you're coming from. And then the person interviewing him said, so what is it about? And he went, well, I don't know, they're just words. It just, it just works exactly together. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>, so <laughs> sometimes it's just the way it works. Not everything's got to be massively meaningful poetry, as it's as, long as exactly. it, works, it sounds.
5: probably doesn't even make sense, to be honest, if you read it on the
1: page. <laughs> <laughs> as, long, as long as it makes sense to somebody. That's and it. it Once sense it. to me, you know. I, I I listened to it and I was like, oh, okay. you know, okay, He's daydreaming. This is it. Yeah. I um, I, I've got to say, I absolutely love the synth swirls in this. Um, yeah. And it gives it that that daydream quality, that dreamlike quality. I really love that. Is is that something you do live? Is that? A- yeah. It's
5: it's it's really. It sounds more complicated than it actually is. It's actually one guitar pedal.
1: No way. I, 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 don't, I honestly thought it was a synth. No, honestly, no, it's, it's
5: a guitar that does the whole thing. It's actually the same effect on the vocals as well. Yeah, it's it's a, uh, what's it called? An RC twenty. That's what does it. So uh, yeah, it's the same life.
1: I'm totally shocked. I honestly, thought it was a synth the way the way oh. squeals, yeah. it swells Yeah, it just it's well. I, I mean, you know, in the day and age we really, live, I can talk to you in, in in Ireland via the internet. Yeah, of course, that's of course, it. So, yeah, yeah a guitar pedal can sound like that. And I've got to, I've got to compliment the drums as well because. The, the, those pounding drums that start it and finish the song—they really hook you in. You know, it's—it's—it's it's, it's like a statement of, of intent.
5: Yeah, you know. the, the the drums on it are brilliant. Who's, who's the, your drummer? Jacqueline, Jacqueline Campion. If she's listening, hello. Wow. But uh, yeah. The, so, the what's drum. the setup of the band? So, sorry, it's Jesus. Sorry, I'm the <laughs> singer and the guitarist, <laughs> and uh, Jamie Jamie Bond is the other guitarist. Adam Wheelhan is our bass player and Jacqueline Campion is the drummer. She's formerly of the Stacks.
1: Right. So so pretty much it's a, it's a standard four piece band, as it were.
5: Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. It's, yeah, it's no right. real gimmicks. We don't really get anyone else in, it's the four of us. It's yeah, it's, yeah.
1: it, it's as long as it's a lovely sound and you, you are you have got a lovely wide sound here. You know, four's as good as eight, isn't it? If, if, if as long as That's you've got it, sound. that's all we need. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, obviously, the the country's on, you know, or your country, my country, everybody all over the world, everybody's on lockdown at the moment and, and all this. Yeah. So, I'm going to ask a very strange question, but what's a fruit show like? You know, when, when all this blows over, what can people expect from a fruit show?
5: Loud, very loud. I'd <laughs> uh, we'd, we'd love to be a person, actually, at one of our gigs, but yeah, very loud, very exciting. Yeah, very, very loud and you know, it gets you going. you like you never really see anyone standing still at any of our shows. Well, but, uh, the,
1: panning, the panning drums are those lovely uh, overdriven guitars. Yeah, I can see. I, I, I can see why not. Yep. <laughs> Thank and, you. And to, to sort of finish off here, um, oh, I it's mean, it's a strange question, but when everything returns to the normality, what is next for fruits? Obviously, gigging. Uh, out
5: yeah. Well, with the the plan nothing's confirmed yet, we can't really say anything. But. And I probably will go out the window until all this blows over. It plans to go over <laughs> yeah. and do a bit of a UK tour before the summer, which probably won't happen now, but it'll yeah. be before the summer. And then they'll go into a heavy summer of um, festivals, hopefully, and mm. bigger support slots over there in Ireland. Yeah,
1: I mean, and then, for- unfortunately, the festivals are falling like flies at the moment. They, they?
5: are, they are. So, uh, yeah, we'll be finishing the year off again with a few headline shows. And I think we hope to release another two tracks anyway by the end of summer so wow.
1: there's a lot
5: there's a lot coming soon
1: so where can people listen to your music
5: everywhere absolutely <laughs> everywhere as far as we know anyway oh, the usual Spotify Google Play iTunes YouTube
1: yeah i find you through Spotify that's, that's pretty straightforward isn't it <laughs> right um, it's the one okay and James we'll finish up with a, a couple of simple questions these are just silly questions there's there's no there's um, nothing that's going to tax your brain too much
5: they're my favourite
1: uh, uh, if you, so this is, this is my first one. So if you could replace one musician and play their part in a song, who would who would the musician be, and what song would it be?
5: Is it one of ours? Or
1: uh, no. So else? like I always go to say, if you could replace Roger Taylor and play the drums to "We Will Rock You," you know, and you you get the credit for it. You know, in history, who would you who would you want to do that?
5: I'd say to Gallagher play guitar
1: on Swamp Song. Swamp Song?
5: Swamp wow. Song,
1: yeah. Yeah, Swamp Song is cool. That's
5: the one. It's, it's, it's the big one.
1: I oh, yeah. Big I one remember. for Because Noel Gallagher is probably the reason I play guitar. I've played guitar pretty much um, all my adult life. You know, seeing him play um, the uh, Manchester City Blue um, cast, you know. It, yeah. It, it, it was such an iconic image to me and it was... You Know, I don't want to be that cool. No, I've never been that cool in my life, but you know, I think I, everything they've
5: to... done became iconic and early, did not
1: it? Yeah, and I remember getting I think it was called Hearing Now, the um, the D, uh, it was a video that's how long ago it was. I had a video of it and <laughs> them playing it to Main Road and they opened with Swamp Swamp Song, and that, yeah, yeah, just listening to again the pounding drums of um, I forgot his name, John. No, it's not John, is it Alan. Oh. Alan White I mean, was it? Alan White, that's right, yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the pounding drums of Alan White. I, and I don't really think they found that sound when they, they got him involved. Yeah,
5: that's, he probably put, could sorry, be the one. best drummer he had.
1: Yeah, by far the best drummer they had, yeah. So yeah, that, that was a good answer. I haven't I haven't had that one before. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. So and we'll finish off now with some firsts and lasts. So um the first song you wrote.
5: Ooh, Jesus. <laughs> I oh, have no clue. To be honest, I have no clue. I have clue. It's
1: funny because I, I try. Uh, I do these questions to myself, and I don't remember the first song I wrote either. Wow, no, uh, I don't enough. remember what uh, I
5: have for uh, breakfast. To be honest,
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last CD you bought,
5: uh, Sam's mm. Town, Body Clash.
1: Wow, God, that yeah. was a while ago. Then was it, or was it, or was it a, a, a you know you are buying something? Well, I actually
5: for... bought it years ago and then lost it, uh, and then I so said I'm buying that again. I think okay. that's the, one of the best albums ever.
1: Is that the one with um Fairytale on? When You Were Young? I
5: know, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. On that one. yeah, I, th- I think Dustland Fairytale on that and Is Spaceman on that one as well?
5: I don't think
1: so. Or is that the one after
5: it? I think it was the one after, yeah.
1: Yeah, very, very good, though. Very I mean, most Killers albums are pretty good anyway. Always. Oh, um, okay, the first instrument you learn to play? Guitar. Yeah, me too. And know mine's mine. I always say, yeah, me too, but it's not mine. Was keyboard, yeah. Did Actually, it was what? probably the,
5: the recorder in school. <laughs> Anyone from Ireland listening, they know what I'm on about.
1: And God, everybody learned to play a recorder and never picked yeah, it up again
5: for no reason at all.
1: Yeah, it's just because it was the cheapest instrument and everybody could get it. Probably, the other one. yeah.
5: You can teach a teacher how to play it as well.
1: So, do you remember what guitar it was?
5: Um, The first ever guitar I had, I think it was an Oakman. I don't think you can even get them in England. I think they were made from a shop in Ireland. Wow. And then I think before it was probably guitar, it was probably a square then after that, a square stra,
1: Yeah. Which I, we still I, have. I had, I had a fantastic um, Les Paul copy made by Tanglewood and it was really, really heavy and it had just got this unbelievable tone and uh, I can't remember why I flogged it in the end. but yeah, fantastic. Sometimes the cheap ones can be the best yeah I had, I had a, a Squire sorry I had an, um, a jazz bass by by, Strag, uh, by Stag I did yeah. and it cost me something like 45 quid and that that guitar was unbelievable you could leave it in your gig bag for three weeks and just take it out it'd be perfectly tuned and it just got this lovely tone to it so yeah, there you go Happiness. there you go buddy <laughs> musicians Is a little that's bit that's it yeah it. the uh, first time in a studio recording studio any studio <laughs>
5: Yeah, first time in any studio would have been when me and Jamie first met up. We'd nowhere to practice, so we used to just rent a room in town uh, for five hours. And wow, five hours? Five hours, yeah, just to get our money's worth. <laughs> <laughs> We'd uh, just make as much noise as possible, really. i tell you people walking past would have been like, what is going on in there?
1: Wow. Um, the last song you learned to play, cover wise?
5: Uh, the less I know, the better. Boy, Time apart. Wow. Yeah. Cool,
1: it's a big Sean. I, I don't know, I, I don't know if, is that the one with bomb, but is that one?
5: Yeah, I think, I think that's what you're trying to do. Yeah, okay.
1: yeah, <laughs> D- don't quote me on that. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, and we'll finish up with uh, the last lyric that gave you an emotion, Jesus, <laughs> you know, happy one, sad one, any of those,
5: Brandon Flowers. So I've got gas in the tank and money in the bank, but oh. that's from the man. It's a great Sean. I just love that lyric
1: it's uh, good that is and we'll finish up with the last gig you went to uh, what is it?
5: Liam Gallagher Liam Gallagher's last tour yeah that's oh, cool was he any in good November. Ah, she's always good isn't he <laughs> went two nights on the track couldn't remember what? the first one so I had the other second
1: one I, uh, I saw Oasis in the strangest place you could ever imagine I did I saw them in um, a field in Magaluf what yeah, um, they played. I think we
5: all see things when we're in Magaluf now. And I'll <laughs> I don't think they were doing
1: actually there. mate. <laughs> it was it was the strangest thing. I was I was there on holiday and I saw the signs all over the uh, the town and our rep was selling tickets and I, I went up to her and said, "This is a tribute band, though, isn't it," and they're like, "No, no, it's, they're playing." I was like, "Yeah, but it's Oasis." They're like, "Yeah, but they're playing." This is like Magaluf are trying to do this. Well, um, are trying to do this festival, so we uh, are trying to get this festival off I mean Charlatans played on the Friday and Oasis played at the Saturday I can't remember who played on the Sunday
5: it's mental I was actually yeah. a Magluff my first lads holiday and we were there uh, the, the day we were leaving Jake Boog was playing in that yeah. Mallorca Rocks and then Calf Fish in the Bottom and we were playing as well and then I think I we went home the same video we were playing as well like a week later I was like what the fuck was going
1: yeah. on there this was really strange so I had a wander out I don't know if it, listeners if you know Magaluf for that out towards Pirates and then as you get past Pirates and out towards like the aqua parks and that there's just a massive amount of open sort of desert scrubland and they'd fenced it all off and made this festival and I wandered in there and was just like this is this is crazy and then sure quarter past quarter past midnight Oasis come on and played like two hours worth of stuff and then went and gate crashed BCM and <laughs> got messed up yeah
5: foul head in the phone
1: <laughs> yeah it was crazy yeah that's pretty crazy that's right, mad. But, so we're, we're, we've come to the end James um, we're going to play your song now Daydream uh, thanks very much for your time thank you
5: thanks very much man lovely to talk to you
6: got those ties can't resist those blue eyes where would I go with you somewhere that I've been yeah
3: So, yeah, that was Wayne speaking with Fruits and their song, Daydream. Uh, we'll start with you, Neil. What did you think of this song?
4: I liked it. It's um, it's right up my street, really. It's uh, You know, I always compare the stuff I hear to other artists. It's, it's sort of my way of sort of finding a, a sort of anchor point to, you know, sort of gauge the song. Um, and I was getting very much... Um, Kings of Leon meets the Stereophonics, yeah, very, 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 very sort of King of Le- Kings of Leon inspired vocal and echoey effect over the vocal at the start, uh, sort of a beautiful sweeping soundscape. Um, uh, it, stereophonics a bit, it was a little bit too much like Dakota in the solo. I'm, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if they try and sue for that. Um, it was very similar. But yeah, it was um, uh, yeah, it was a really good song. Um, and there's a great rhythm section underneath it. You know, there's a bit towards the end where it uh, everything sort of drops down to drums and bass, and there's this you hear this intricate bass line that kind of it's it's one of those bass lines that's probably been there all the way through, but you didn't notice it. Which is you know the way which uh, you know this sort of the the secret to uh, the best bass line really, and that's, okay. that's coming from a bass player.
2: Yeah, I thought it were... You know, that's the kind of song I would have on when I'm driving. Yeah. I I listen to a lot of music in the car. I make, like, you know, mixed CDs because I don't like fiddling around with the phone when I'm driving. Uh, But, of course, I'm not driving at at the moment because we're in isolation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So so it's good you guys are calling me, actually, because I'm getting some new music that way. Uh, yeah, I kind of like. and it, you know, like uh, like Neil said, you think of other bands and just just a little bit, not not really. Remind, I don't know if you remember Dodgy the band.
3: Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's yeah a good you know, we, yeah.
2: Yeah, we played with Dodgy a couple of times, and I really like them. And uh, it kind of gave me a little bit of that. Uh, the chorus, you know, the kind of yeah, pretty good.
3: Yeah, it's that kind of it's that era of the '90s, isn't it? I mean when when you you know when you you hit it big with Chumba chum, 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 but that you know you got Stereophonics, you got um the man yeah. street preachers it's like it, right. it, it, it it is i don't yeah. want to say it's a here,
4: d- really for music i
3: don't I don't want to say it's a dated sound because the song still fits in well today i think
2: but, yeah uh, and it's you know with me living here in america it sounds very uh british i don't really hear that sound over here so it's kind of like yeah I won't say nostalgic. It just reminds me, though, of, of you know oh. that yeah, British kind of rock.
3: Yeah, pop. yeah. I like I like it. I don't know if I like it because I, I just like it, or if it's because it it's a nostalgia trip for me. I, I, I'd like to think that it's not the nostalgia thing; that it's just because I- it's a very good song.
4: I think it's a nostalgia trip, but it's got. As it, I think, did you say it's got like a bit of a modern edge to it as well? It uh, it, it doesn't sound dated. It, 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 it should, but it doesn't. Yeah. It sort of drags that into the into the present.
3: Yeah, yeah. So obviously, like like always, we'll leave all of their information, the Facebooks, and all their streamings, and everything in the show notes, so you can go and check them out. Do go and check them out. If you like what they're doing and you enjoy their work, please go and purchase the work. Don't just stream it on Spotify. Yeah, support your independent artists. Moving on to our next artist who is Chasing Deer. I spoke to these guys and I don't remember the song. I'm really bad today.
4: It's bad decisions.
3: Bad decisions.
4: It was a bad um, decision not to write that down, Rich. It
3: was a bad, yeah. This just, it's just, just, this week. I'll, I'll, I'll get back to normal next week. I promise. I promise. So bad decisions by chasing deer. And this is my conversation with them. How are you during this terrible season that we're having?
7: Wow, well, it's um, it's certainly something very different. It's um, it's always difficult for musicians and artists anyway. I think it's um just a bit of a shock really there's there's lots of work being lost and and you can't really share your music as well as i like being inside the house
3: yeah i think as well uh, if we have a complete lockdown musicians aren't considered or taken seriously as a like a, a form of employment i don't think so it's going to be hard for you to get money off the government i'd have thought oh
7: definitely yeah it's a difficult one um certainly with with our band we've We've lost nearly six months' worth of work, um, which is unprecedented, really. So, uh, yeah, um, but we've got to keep positive. There's lots of time to write new music and do live streams, have a chat with you, things like that.
3: Mm, Indeed. So, anyway, yourself, Chasing Deer. Tell me a bit about Chasing Deer. Who is Chasing Deer? And tell me a bit about your sound.
7: Yeah, sure. Um, So, Chasing Deer has been going for five years now as a band with uh, various different members. Um, At the core, it's uh, myself and Adam. Uh, who's on drums, and I play keyboard and sing. Um, our music is we've released two EPs, an album, and a few singles, um, including Bad Decisions, which we're promoting at the moment, and it came out uh, about a month ago now. So um, I think our sound's kind of indie rock pop.
3: Indie rock pop, okay, that's something that uh, was quite prevalent in the 2000s, I thought, uh, like with Franz Ferdinand and bands like that.
7: Sure. Yeah, and even even further back.
3: You don't sound dated, though. You know, you sound very contemporary. So you are kind of like taking a genre that's kind of I don't know. I won't say faded out, but you're making it relevant again, maybe.
7: Sure. Thank you. Yeah. No, that's I appreciate that. Uh, we we do really like our old music. So I'm a big fan of of obvious things. The Beatles, um, David Bowie. I, lo- I love I love older music, and I think. Um, I think it has been lost a little bit in the modern day so we um we try and keep a good melody and and good lyrics at the forefront of what we do.
3: Yeah, uh, listening to the song that you've sent over, I love it. It's brilliant. It's um it was it, it was a bit obvious in the I knew where it was going when it was going and how it was going to take its turns and everything, but it, yes, it yeah. but that's where I wanted it to go, if you know what I mean. If it had gone in a different direction yeah. to to try and shock me, I think I'd have been disappointed. So, I th- yeah, I think you, I, th- I think that's what people like, you know, something that they can relate to, something that I can get on board with, something that I can kind of like sing along to. You've, st- you've got too many bands now trying to be so different that people can't relate to the music, so it's nice to see people keeping it real, if you like.
7: Yeah, well, we're all about um, actually kind of getting in front of the audience, having fun, spreading joy, which is why it's particularly difficult for us at the moment. Um, we-, we actually do a, a performance every day. If- if we can, um, so last year we did over two hundred and fifty performances. Um, so wow. yeah, we love getting in front of a, an audience and actually doing something people can sing along to and cheer them up. Have a little bit of a dance.
3: So you say you do performances every day. Do you like do, do you do like a lot of covers or is it mainly your own stuff?
7: No, we 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 do um, a mix. Um, we do a lot of original shows. Uh, we were actually meant to go on a UK tour at, at the end of um, April. I don't know if that will be happening now, but we started off with a UK and LA tour in January this year. And we do a, yeah we do predominantly original music, but we also have, um, I think we have about 400 cover songs we do as well.
3: And this name, Chasing Deer, how did that come about?
7: <laughs> so Chasing Deer came about from the viral video of Fenton the Dog. Um, quite a few years ago chasing some dogs through richmond park
3: (laughs) i love that video
7: (laughs) yeah it it brings a smile to people's face and and we thought if people are searching for chasing deer to tell people about the video um then it might link them to to our music um just just through a kind of a google search and, and bring them around to our music but but yeah deers are everywhere and certainly at christmas and things we get a lot of photos photos and selfies of people saying look at these napkins, it must be your merchandise or whatever. So it keeps people, as in people's minds.
3: Okay. Um, and you're, the band members, do you all have different inspirations that bring a, a unique sound? Or, or do you all have the, like, the same kind of inspirations?
7: Well, I think we do have, uh, we have different backgrounds and we do have different inspirations. Um, again, like, like I was saying, I, I tend to like 60s rock, 60s pop um, predominantly. Um, and then there's lots of different um, we're, we're big vinyl collectors actually so we've got um, vinyl from, from all over the world from different genres uh, and I think I think we just like a good tune from whatever genre it's from really
3: Awesome and what are you going to do for the rest of the year? I mean like you say you got six months what are you going to do with those six months? How are you going to make the most of it?
7: So for the next six months um, we actually have a year's worth of music ready to go um, which is a good uh, place to be in Um, We're going to be writing new things, doing a lot more performances, live streams and things like that, hopefully. Um, And then we want to get out uh, as much as everyone else does as soon as we can. So uh, hopefully we'll get back to doing some performances in whichever way we do that.
3: And uh, this song, is this song part of an upcoming album or is it just a standalone thing?
7: For the next few months, we've got um, a few singles which are standalone. Um, Depending on how they go, maybe something we release as an EP. Um, and we, as I say, we do have lots of songs in the works, lots of collaborations as well, which might be something that we look into even more as people are isolated. Um, we're always open for collaborations and things by the Internet. So I, I think we'll be releasing these singles standalone and, and just see how they do, really.
3: Cool. Um, I'm going to I'm going to ask you a few silly questions. Firstly... I want you to imagine you're going on holiday, somewhere nice. Money isn't an issue. You can go anywhere you want. Where are you going?
7: I think uh, I think a, tr- a big trip of America would be nice, going to all the different states and driving between them and different forms of transport would be fun.
3: Awesome. And you're taking with you for a week. It's a I don't know, you're going to fit all of America in a week, but you're going around all of America in a <laughs> week and uh, you're taking with yourself an MP3 player. This mp3 player okay. is very old And all you have on your computer Is WAV files So you can only fit two songs on this mp3 player What two songs are you going to take?
8: Wow.
3: They're the only songs you're going to get to listen to
7: That is a difficult one It is Um Two songs I think um, I'd go for something uh, That's a favourite but a little bit different I'd go for um, While My Guitar Gently Weeps
3: Nice Um
7: which is a nice one. It's quite a long song as well, um, and I think also um, I want you to want me by Cheap Trick.
3: I don't know that.
7: So it's just a good American road song. We, we listened to it um, over in LA at the start of the year, and it's um, it's just one while you're driving. It's a it's a happy one. It might cheer people up in these times as well. So uh, look it up.
3: Awesome. I will check that out. Cool. Right. Next question then. So, are you to uh, if you have the if you had the power to get rid of one song so it doesn't exist anymore, you hate it that much and you don't care about the backlash that you're going to get off the people that do like it, what song would you get rid of? And why?
7: Ah, uh, it's a difficult one. It's um,
3: not, there's loads.
7: There are. Um, I, I think maybe as a musician and, and specifically as a busker, um, I think Wonderwall is a, a universally um, hated track by by street musicians we I think I think if you got lot. rid of
3: that if you got rid of that you would you'd skip the hate mail and go straight to somebody assassinating you, I think.
7: Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean I love Oasis but um Wonder we get asked for pretty much every day and it is one we don't play and I know there's a lot of uh, people that, that refuse to play that one as well. Yeah.
3: It's a nice, easy song to play though.
7: I know, I think that's why it's been um been ruined quite a lot.
3: Yeah. Okay, good choice. Well, no, maybe. (laughs) You would definitely get some backlash. Um, Oh, that's good. (laughs) If you could collaborate with any artist, one dead and one alive, who would you collaborate with?
7: That's an easy one for me. I would go for both um, Paul McCartney and John Lennon.
3: Mm. Some would say that Paul McCartney is dead. Um, Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Cool, nice and nice quick and easy a lot of people take a lot of time over those um, if our listeners want to find you they want to follow you they want to stalk you they want to hunt you down and love you where can they do this
7: so we are on uh instagram chasing deer band we're on facebook chasing deer um, and twitter chasing deer band as well uh, we release all our music on spotify amazon music and all the the major streaming sites that people use uh, over the next few weeks we're going to be doing lots of live streams and releasing a new music video for our song Bad Decisions which is fantastic, we're really excited about it.
3: Awesome and uh, we look forward to uh, well, playing that now. Uh, is it released did you say?
7: No, so our music video um, it has been done by um, the director Christian Haywood um, who's up and coming um, director and it's a fantastic video with lots of uh, local actors in it. Um, and it's all for the song Bad Decisions, so it's quite moody. Uh, there's lots of different themes going on there, and that's going to be released um, in the next few weeks. Uh, so if you look out on YouTube or, and all our social media, we're going to be posting about it there.
3: Cool. And what's the song about?
7: Bad Decisions. Um, it's, um, it's just a reaction to... Um, People putting their hands up to the bad decisions that they've made in their life and accepting it. Not necessarily apologising or going back on what they've done, but owning their decisions, whether they're they're right or wrong, really.
3: Awesome. Yeah, well, uh, I didn't even ask you your name.
7: <laughs> my name's Rob.
3: Brilliant. So, Robert, thank you for joining me this evening. I have to apologise for my um, composure. Is that the word I've been been very i think i might have had the virus uh i've been off work because of it and like so i'm not oh, really 100 really percent at the moment but you know we, we've, we've pushed through. you might be on your way out the other side then well i don't it's a bit fucking dark rob um <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, no i, I think I meant, I, might... I
7: meant your way through the virus rather than
3: oh life, okay but... I'll, yeah okay i took that completely <laughs> the wrong way but yeah i think i think i all right. Um, the rest of the family seems okay so it's all good I'm just uh, not and whereabouts with... are you based are you in the near, near Birmingham I'm in Dudley oh you're in Dudley okay so yeah, um... yeah you, okay. Say, you sound quite close
7: I'm originally from Solihull
3: that's quite close
7: it is yeah. it is fairly close yeah
3: mm, so cool so yeah thanks again and without no further ado here is Chasing there song Bad Decisions me. I can't
0: undo the things that I've done Still prowling round the halls of our love You can't erase the chemistry But I know all the things I did wrong Betrayed your loyalty I hear the whispers of doubt Getting louder all the time I need you to tell me Do you see me differently? For your sympathy, all the ending to my symphony, I don't deserve forgiveness, but I'm begging for a remedy. Whoa, I hear the whispers of doubt getting louder all the time. I need you to tell me. I need you to tell me, do you see me differently? Teardrops in the water vanish so fast. I need you to tell me, I need you to tell me, do you see me differently? Teardrops in the water vanish so fast. I need you to tell me, if you don't want me to change.
3: i that was bad decisions by chasing deer. That was my conversation with them. That was what I had to say. Um, waffling on about stuff in the likes. Like me and Neil had a bit of a discussion earlier just while we um setting up the sound and stuff. And this is this is a uh, this is my bag. I like this. It's, it's there's a there's a few different Inf- influences in this, I think. I, I was getting the Imagine Dragons. You was, you mentioned a few, Neil. Yeah,
4: I was kind of getting the Housier meets uh, Rag and Bone, man.
3: Yeah, really, there's yeah.
4: A- there's a bit of that sort of uh, modern singer-songwriter type stuff really going on.
3: A lot of high-end production on this, I think. Lo- lots of production, but it's not overproduced. I mean, maybe it is. I mean, it's sounds. This is one of those songs that need, needs to be overproduced. It's um, it's like a, a, a modern. Is it did Wayne call it new metal?
4: No, this wouldn't be new metal. Um, I don't know any categorise this really. It's um, yeah, m- modern modern singer songwriter really. I suppose.
3: Yeah, but it's a bit more. It's not like um, Ed Sheeran singer songwriter. It's a bit more produced. There's more production on it.
4: It's darker. That's, that's, that's the difference, is a, a darkness as well. to it. Yeah.
3: Mm. What did you think of this, Danvers?
2: Uh, yeah, it, uh, more kind of, uh, you know, transatlantic, you know, a little bit of a. It kind of reminded me of that, uh, the theme song of that, what's that vampire show they had? Uh, <laughs> there's a few. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah, it's a few years ago. Uh, I can't remember the oh, name. Like
4: True Blood, it. or something like
2: that. True Blood, yeah, never, True Blood, never, the that, theme song. I've never song. watched it, but... <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, yeah, the theme song uh, to True Blood. But, yeah, I I kind of liked it, you know, and I like, you know, I listen to, I write lyrics, I mean, I write songs as well, but I, I, in Chumbawamba, my job was kind of writing lyrics, and so I always listen to the lyrics. Uh, and, and, like, the theme, you know, okay, yeah, I'm, I've made these bad decisions, I kind of like that, you know, as a, a story for a song. You know, you can go a long way with that.
3: Yeah. Uh, you can relate like to it know, as well.
2: yeah. I, I don't know the name of the band, Intrigues Me Chasing Deer. Because uh, mm. where where I live, I, I live in the foothills of the M- Cascade Mountains and we have a lot of deer and they're all over. And you've got to be really careful driving because uh, you know, they just like wander into the road. But so of course, we're not driving.
3: Out, you find yourself <laughs> getting out of the car and chasing them off?
2: <laughs> well, no, I have clipped one a couple of times. I think, oh shit, you know, you know. And if you like whack whack 'em, you're supposed to kill kill 'em <laughs> no. to put them out of the misery. But no, so like. I'm like, oh shit, oh shit. I've just, I've just hit a deer. I don't want to kill it. And I go out, and it, you know, it makes a really loud thump when you clip one <laughs> in the dark. And I go out, and it's not there. And I'm thinking, well, that's good, but it's gonna have a really bad headache. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Wow, it sounds really nice. Where are you live in? It, it is. It's
2: beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And, See, when, uh, I, when I
3: think of Washington, I don't imagine like mountains and no, nice places. I but yeah. Well, you there's only,
2: two. You know, it's Washington State, so it's over on the west coast. We're we're a couple of hours from the ocean, but uh, it's absolutely gorgeous. Mountains. It's like the Lake District on steroids if you know the lake. District. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. That sounds
3: awesome. Family up in the Lake yeah. District. Yeah.
2: And, and there's like, you know, it's it borders on like wilderness, so there's like bears and cougars and just wow. wild animals. Yeah. Have you
3: seen any of those?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Did you shit your pants? Uh well, it I when I saw the cougar I was in the car, so it it was just like kind of running along the side of the road, so that was just kind of fascinating. Okay. Uh and bears they, they, you know, they keep out of people's way. They don't want trouble. They, they kind of just.
3: It's not like they make it you know. out on TV then. Yeah, you, you haven't, you haven't had to stand, you haven't had to stand up really tall and put your hands up in the air to try and make yourself bigger than one.
2: No, I haven't had to do that. Look <laughs> like.
3: Wow. Yeah, it does sound absolutely beautiful. We live like by a stream and everything.
2: Uh, I, I had to move last year. I was right by the river, which was really beautiful, and I, I'm a bit closer to the town now. But it's still pretty cool.
3: Mm. lovely so that was Chasing Deer let's hope it's not about somebody clipping a deer with a car and having a chase it off <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but yeah you, again you can check them all out in the show notes all the information, the socials and the streams are all in there ok so we're going to move on to our next section, our next section uh, you may not be aware of Dan Burt. Neil, uh, you you will be it's the wild card section
4: This is the one I normally get. Crash, isn't it? At the end when uh, yeah,
3: you come in like. Oh, end,
4: I, t- I turn up to record the A side so just as if you, you, you you'd normally. I time you with this this section.
3: Yeah. So for those that don't know and listening for the first time, the wild card is I've put out a message on Twitter saying artists, musicians, and singers drop your links below for a chance to be on an upcoming episode. And now I randomly select one with a random number selector. And this song could be amazing. It could be the worst song you've ever heard in your life. I don't get to listen to it beforehand. We just have to h- pray to the gods that it's going to be okay.
4: Well, they're, they're normally amazing, but we, um, we, we, we're secretly hoping for one that's shit.
3: No, no, we don't anymore. We did. And then we had, one that, we? We had one that was really bad. It was oh, like something I must off. have missed that week. It was like something off the, uh, you know, the Rejects of the X Factor. and oh. And me and Wayne just didn't know what to say. And we panicked, okay. and so so now we, we, we don't want any bad ones.
4: So now we hope for good songs. Hope for
3: good songs. Yeah. Okay, right. I only put it out today, so I've, uh, I usually usually give them a week. And uh, like I said, I've been busy. I forgot everything, so we've we've only got twenty two submissions, but that's okay. That's not always oh, at all. Mm, yeah, but like I say, I usually put it out a week ago. I've only put it out like four, five hours ago. Let's have a look, see what we've got there. Okay, give me a number from 1 to 22, please, Danbert. Uh 11. Okay, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. We have Black Rock with a Q, B-L-A-Q, Rock. Yeah, this is Black Rock with Monster.
8: I'm gonna fuck you up Watch out, watch out I'm gonna fuck you up down to your grave you say talented but where the hell are your accolades i criticize i never hate i don't care what you gotta say these people move so funny and it's hard to see y'all percolate go ahead and puff with the monster while my hands to imposters go ahead and walk downstairs i know my future and it's very clear i understand what it is. yeah take back take back take back push out push out push out push out Take back, take back, take back. Punch out, punch out, punch out. What I couldn't hear, I'm going and and talk your shit. Go on, we'll go ahead, and talk your shit. Go ahead, go ahead, and talk your shit.
3: so that was monster by black rock that was our wild card this week and i will kick things off by just stating that i'm putting this straight onto my regular listening playlist as we speak that's how much i like it there's i need to listen to this a few more times i think because there's so much going on with that song it was very complex there's there's, lots of changes there's a part in it well it was breaking down you thinking it was gonna end and it's as like a bit of a an industrial like messed up it almost sounds improv like like a solo and it comes and you think it's gonna end then it comes back and it just screams it's fucking amazing it's one of the best songs we've um, we've had on the wild card i think what do you reckon neil
4: this is definitely my bag, hundred percent, and um, I can I can only just completely echo everything you've just said, Rich. To be honest, it's um, it threw me a bit at the start because uh, it starts off with kind of really intricate intro, and I think if I had uh, if I had to make one criticism of it on my first listen, it's that it kind of went from that intro far too quickly into sort of full on uh, smash you over the head with a wall of sound. Um, But but then I think perhaps that was what they were going for. I think I need to listen to it again. And, um, you know, kind of being prepared for that. It was a bit like a sort of a uh, a bit like a, you know, particularly like Oblivion at Alton Towers, you know, when you're at the top and all of a sudden you go down. And it was like, um, you know, there was no sort of warning or let up. It was just... Yeah, I th-
3: straight I think, in I there. Think I quite
4: like that though. It's kind of like.
3: Yeah, I sh- think I, I, think, I think I, sh- think I do to the song. Yeah, I think I do. Course, I don't want to make the intro any any longer. The song was nearly six minutes as it was.
4: Oh, I I just wasn't prepared for it, but that's not necessarily a bad thing.
3: Yeah, but the next time you listen to it, you know it's coming.
4: Yeah.
3: Hmm. What did you think of this, Danbert?
2: Uh, yeah. Uh, I like you guys. Kind of took me by surprise the length of it and the hidden depths. Uh, lots going on. Uh, and yeah, definitely bears repeated listenings. And I like the you know the the feeling of you know you get the sense that there's some real angst going on, and you want to know what that's about. So it, it, yeah, I would like to hear it again.
3: Yeah, it's one of those that you could probably listen to three or four times, probably more than that. And so each time you listen to it, you can pull something new out of it. It's very layered.
4: There was a lot going on with it, which is yeah. not a bad thing at all. It was it was very technical and. But it, but it, but it wasn't.
3: It, it wasn't boring. It's like I've been listening to a lot of Radiohead recently, and I'm fed up of Radiohead now because I'm finding them very boring. And even as good as they are as musicians, and they're probably some of the best commercial musicians out there, they're just no. Whereas this has got a complex. But it's it still draws you in. Yeah, I love this. Well done. We'll try and get these on these guys on the, the podcast, I think. Yeah, definitely. Mm.
4: Yeah, yes. very good.
3: Cool. So that was Blackrock. That was Mondstadt. Uh, we'll leave all of their stuff in the show notes, as always. And we're going to move on to our final section now, our final section, which is... We're going to be talking with Dan Burt. Dan Bert, no bacon. Yeah. About... What you're doing? What you've been up to? What's uh, for those that don't know you? Who is Dan but no bacon? And uh, what's your what's your story? So I was uh,
2: a founder member of Chumbawamba, and I was in Chumbawamba for 22 years, from 1982 to 2004. And shortly after that, I moved to the United States. And Chumbawamba is still—we don't play gigs or make records, but we're still all in contact and. You know, we still do interviews and and one thing and another. There's still like Chumbawamba business that goes on, and we're all friends, so that's all cool. Uh, but I, I've been making albums over here uh, for the last yeah 13 years, and we have a new double album coming out in May this year. And basically, it's it's all the things that I've written since uh, Trump got elected. And it's a big election year here in the United States, which has just gone sideways because of the coronavirus. Who knows what's going to happen? So, yeah, the, you know, there's a lot. And it's very theatrical, the record. And me, my singing partner on the record, Kira, we met doing community theatre in the little town where I live. She grew up here. You know, Chumbawamba was very theatrical, but it's probably the first time I, I've, I've really tried to put that on a record so as well as being like songs and and like you know there's some punk rock angst there because of all the crap that's going on uh but there's also these these theatrical storylines with different characters thespian punk rock i call it
3: <laughs> yeah it's, it's yeah it's co- it's completely different to uh, a lot of the stuff you hear um that's not to say it's bad. It's a uh, it's just it's, it's it's refreshing, if anything, to hear something different. Um, not what I expect. To be honest, I was I was a bit sceptical about uh, having you on the show because you, your 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 read up is you know you're this anarchist punk mad person who throws water over politicians. I'm thinking, he's going to come on, he's going to be be fucking John Lydon and I ain't going to be able to control him. But no, I think you've you've got a... It's a controlled angst. Yeah, I save it up for special occasions.
2: (laughs) And obviously, in America, I I couldn't do I couldn't throw water on politicians; I'd get shot. Basically, well, I thought that's <laughs> why you Oh well, yeah,
3: is <laughs> that? <laughs> I thought that might be why you've moved to Washington, so you can be closer to uh, to Trump. <laughs> oh no, see, I, I,
2: Washington State is the opposite coast to Trump, but we have a I guess the equivalent of our MP where I live. He's a total Trump supporter, so. You know, I write letters to him and I call his office up and give him a bad time because <laughs> he's absolutely, he's absolutely awful and useless. But whether any of it gets through, I don't know.
3: The obviously uh, the tub thumping was the song that you did with the uh, wumba and when you listen to the songs that you've done with this album, no, I don't think anybody would listen to that and go, "Oh, well, is that is that the guy from wumba Because it sounds really, it. The music is completely different. And, um... Well,
2: that's good, yeah, because I worry, oh, well, maybe it's, I don't worry, but obviously I carry the influence of being in Chumbawamba. And, but uh, uh, because I, you know, in Chumbawamba, I didn't really, I wasn't one of the people in the band. We had like three people in the band who were really good in the studio and I wasn't one of them. So, you know, the rest of us just kind of went in and did our bits and that worked as a working relationship really well. But now when I make albums, I'm the person who's there the whole time kind of managing and directing. You know, I bring musician friends in and we're not like a, a touring band, but we. I always like to have a full band in the studio. So it just gives you so much more scope with what you can do.
3: You were the front man of Chumba Wumba, weren't you? Well, yeah,
2: we had three front people, really, but, so I was one of the front people, yeah.
3: Does it get annoying? Because, I mean, obviously you've done this work and I've listened to your album, and it is an amazing album. Do you find that, like you say, you still do interviews and do you find that people are more interested in Chumba Wumba than like, what, what you've actually become? Uh, I think it's kind of half and half. You know, if people
2: see... What I'm doing now, if they see it live or they hear it, they're like, whoa, yeah, that's interesting. But also, they obviously, a lot of those people are aware of the history. Sometimes they don't, they just think, oh, it's like a band, you know, in Washington state. Hmm. And then somebody tells them, and then (laughs) their kind of whole attitude changes a little bit, you know, if you're having a conversation. Uh, But I'm very proud of what we did in Chumwamba. I think we did, you know, we made 11 studio albums and we tried to make them all different. you know, we were a touring band for a long time and we, you know, that it's part of who I am. It, it It's made me, what I'm doing now, it, it,
4: it inspires that and feeds into it. I think part of the issue with it is, um, you know, that, 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 that song, you know, we all know which song I mean, is, is, is just such an iconic song. I don't know about, did it, did it catch on in America like it did in the yeah. UK? Yeah, it did. Oh, oh absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it's I mean, probably like, bigger... I mean, like six months ago, a true story. I was on a night out with some mates. Uh, we went to the pub, got picked up by somebody on the way to the pub, and somebody handed me um, um, uh, a bottle with some vodka in uh, which which I, which I drank on the way to the pub. Got in, somebody bought me a pint, and then somebody bought me a whiskey, and I said, "Somebody get me a cider." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, when I just felt wrong not to have a cider. <laughs> Yeah, when I first
2: moved here at the local pub, they, somebody bought me the four drinks at once, and I had them lined up. There's a picture of me like dreading it because they lined up in front of me.
3: Brilliant.
2: But... Uh,
3: Do you know what? I had a thousand questions, and they all go from your head when uh, when, when you you turned up. But I've noticed as well that you've become, I don't know, what's the word? You've become an Englishism. I was watching a a new TV show on Netflix, because that's what I'm doing a lot of at the moment, watching stuff on TV. And um, it's an American TV show. It's quite popular. And one of the guys is British, and he's, he's like a stereotypical British person, and that, that's talking, talking. The music was mentioned in during the conversation. Oh, you know what? We need to have some Chumbawamba playing. So you've become yeah. <laughs> you've become a, an Englishism in America. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> it,
2: it, and often you know it's on a lot of TV shows. They don't always play the song, but they meant it's like I say they mention Chumbawamba. At- in in conversation, uh, uh, it's kind of interesting. It's just part of popular culture from the '90s. So people who were making TV shows, who were from that generation, they oh yeah, you know, people who get it if I make a little joke about Chumbawamba. Uh, it's kind of funny. It, it's funny to me.
3: I, I do a lot listening to other podcasts as well, and like other music podcasts. And I was listening to one recently about uh, how the record industry and what have you, screwed certain artists back in the 90s, you know, just like to make quick, quick money. And uh, they mentioned you as one of the artists that got screwed over by the record industry. Is that a true statement, or do you feel like you you came out okay from it all?
2: See, I I think we did okay, because we had very astute managers who, uh, you know, they kind of started in the 1960s, so they... They came from a time when bands really did get screwed over. You know, the Beatles were getting like 20% and the record company was getting 80%. Really? But we, Chumbawamba, we were getting 80% and the record company were getting 20%. Wow. Uh, and that's about as good as it gets, to be honest. You don't really get a better deal than that. So, so we, I, I mean, I feel we did okay yeah I and, I
3: think you know you yeah. consider considering how big the song was,
2: yeah, yeah, and, and you know it you know, and the, we always split things equally between the band and the management, so there's like ten people share at the royalties from that song, and it's earned a shitload of money, but because <laughs> it's ten people, it's keeping like ten people going it you know, I work part time normally, I'm laid off now, but it means I only have to work part-time and then the other you know if I worked I work 20 hours a week usually but then the other 20 hours because I have some royalties still coming in I, I can afford to take the time to make new cd new music you know and a lot of artists that's very difficult because they have full-time jobs or whatever yeah so I feel fortunate I mean we work really hard for that you know as a band we were a working band we did it as a hobby for like ten years and then for fifteen years we were like a full-time working band so you know I think we did okay to be honest
3: yeah it sounds like you did okay but uh danbert no bacon i mean is what what what's uh, are you a vegan
2: no i I was <laughs> for about four years a long time ago
3: is that where the name came from or is there, is there another uh, yeah one you joined in?
2: Yeah, in the early 80s when, you know, I was writing songs and we were doing Chumbawamba and I had a, like a little solo thing going on as well and we put out cassettes at the time and I had to think of a name for the cassette and I'd, I'd just become a vegetarian so I had a couple of songs about being a vegetarian and it just kind of, it just kind of fits somehow and it stuck, I mean, like, you know, however long ago that is, 30 odd years ago. Definitely
3: uh, fits today, it's uh... a... So it's a, it's yeah. a big deal now, isn't it? Yeah. So where do you, uh, what, what, what's your, I don't want to say five year planning, because that's a long time away. What would you say, where do you see yourself going with the, the projects that you're doing now? Uh, it's, you know, it's,
2: uh, I love doing it,
3: and I think I'll
2: always try and do it. I, I don't expect it will sell very many, or, or I mean, because people get, you know, like you were saying about Spotify, I get my statement from Spotify, and there's a lot of streams, but you're getting like zero, 00.1 of a penny per a, for a stream, and it's like it yeah. doesn't add up to very much. Uh, and at the moment, uh, like I said earlier, it, so I have a business as a self employed musician, and I lose money, but that, that means I don't pay any tax hardly, and it means I get good grants for my children to go to college, and I get free healthcare, relatively free healthcare. So it's kind of like a good kind of trade. It reminds me of the 1980s, you know, when Thatcher was Prime Minister and Chumbawamba, we all shared a house and signed on the dole. <laughs> and we were happy because we got this little bit of money, which was nothing really, but we could be a band. So it feels like I've I've almost gone back to that kind of existence where I'm, they call it, what do they call There's a name for it. Uh, I can't remember now, but... I'm kind of Nomad. juggling the whole t- Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of juggling the whole time but I do get to express myself creatively and put things out there and usually I'd play a couple of short tours but they're in the balance at the moment. Like they're in June and July so they probably won't happen.
3: So you're still getting out there and playing then?
2: Yeah, a little bit, yeah. We we were booked we were booked to play at the Resistance Festival in Black, Blackpool in August but I don't know if that'll happen either.
3: Well, uh, in yeah, a lot of festivals. have Actually, speaking about festivals, we've because of the festivals and gigs have been stopped. We've put on our own festival. It's a live and online festival for.
2: Yeah, yeah, and people are doing that here. Rebellion Festival, not Resistance. Okay. The big punk rock festival in Blackburn.
3: Yeah. So in your, uh obviously, you've got you're quite heavily uh, into your. What is it? How how would you put it? You you you're very. You, would you would you still consider yourself an activist? Uh yeah,
2: I think so. Yeah, you know, especially you know in the times of Donald Trump, there's a lot more activism going on. Uh, there's a lot to protest know, about. There really is, yeah. So you know, I I went with you know they had these big women's marches, and you know I played a gig. You know the day Trump was inaugurated, we had like a a protest gig and. And especially for me, the whole climate change thing, I, I'm trying to active act, be active in just trying to save the planet, basically. Like I said, we have a Republican guy who's the MP kind of thing, but representative. But where I actually live, the little town, is, is a bit more progressive. So there's, there's a few people who are like, yeah, we, we want to try and do something about the environment or the government or blah, blah, blah.
3: This uh, this song that you, off your uh, your album is the first song off the album. if I remember right. It's it's just over six minutes long. What uh, was the song called? Emergency. That's right. Sorry. Parts yeah, one um, and two. It's all in. The, it's all on the soundtrack track, though, isn't
2: it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: What's uh? So what's the what's the story behind this song?
2: So I wrote this uh, last year, and and I was actually inspired by the Extinction Rebellion people in England. I mean, I've been writing songs about climate change since the early 2000s, it was the... You know, we, we got the news here in America, you know, the I think it was like last April, maybe, there were 10 days of protests in London, and it was on the news in America, so it made a real impression, and it was like, yeah, you know, the government has to recognise this is a total emergency, and Parliament has to recognise it, and the newspapers or, you know, the media are basically derelict in the duty. I mean, why isn't there... You know, why isn't it on the news every day at six o'clock that this part of the planet is on fire or being flooded or, you know, emissions are going up every year? And it's interesting because this coronavirus, COVID-19, actually shows that it's an emergency, COVID-19, and we can respond to it, and we need to kind of do the same about the climate emergency.
3: I think what this COVID-19 thing has shown is our... Laxed approach to everything, it's like, um, yeah, we recognize things are important and we recognize that it's a problem, but if we're being honest, it's not something that's going to affect my lifetime. And although we would most people wouldn't admit that, I think that's the way most people think. So it's although, say, so, yeah, we can put things in place so we can start the ball rolling, but there's not a, there's not a sense of emergency like there should be, I don't think.
2: Yeah, well, it's funny, living where I live, uh, we were kind of not too bad last year, but the previous three or four years, we we have wildfires, which are like a natural part of the cycle. But uh, the last three or four years, they've been, you know, the wildfire season is like two months longer than it was in the 1970s. And the wildfires are more extreme and they do a lot more damage. And it's because of global warming. And, you know, the scientists, there's no question that's that's why it's, it's getting worse and worse. And, you know, we had one summer like two summers ago where you couldn't go out of the house. The smoke was just so bad. It was like detrimental to your health to be outside. So we kind of live in we they call it like a, a frontline community where we we are directly affected by climate change just by chance of where we live and all the factors that go into that. And that's happening more and more. Like Australia, you know, earlier in the year, and that's going to keep increasing. You know, and like if we get some big climate disaster now in the middle of COVID-19, it's going to be an absolute disaster because how, how do you, you know, if it's like floods or or... I mean, I know there was a wildfire in England, but you don't really get them so much in Britain. It's more no, flooding. I don't, like. I, don't, I don't
3: think I've ever heard of any in Britain, to be honest.
2: No, they had one. They had one a couple of summers ago. We were actually in England, and it was in the Peak District. Because wow. the, all the peat bogs dried out, and some kids set a fire, and it and it kind of travels underground The if the peat dries out. And they they didn't know how to deal with it, because they, they, it kept
4: popping up in different places. and. Yes. Uh, well, yeah, I think we so haven't anyway, got enough vegetation that, you know, <laughs> really have we two uh, have a lot of wildfires these days <laughs> yeah
2: so you know there's, there's lots of factors going to it and, and kind of just from living here and my personal experience of seeing you know being evacuated from my house because there's like a fire across <laughs> the street and thinking the house probably won't be there when I go back as it turned out it was it was just lucky really that it survived uh but uh so so that kind of goes into my songwriting if you like and but particularly with this song that yeah we're we're actually living in a complete emergency regarding climate and now we have the covid emergency on top of that uh though that's not in the song cuz the song was recorded last year but
3: it's it's nice to have somebody come on with a like you know proper deep meanings behind some of their songs I, I think uh I think everybody has meanings in the songs, but uh you know you, you've actually got something that you can take out there and um y- y- your songs are almost a protest in themselves uh yeah, and
2: this one in particular it's it's the original impetus was how the media downplays it or just completely ignores it most of the time, yeah, you know, even though
4: it's uh, threatening people's lives. A lyric I love from it um, is where you talk about how the trillionaires own the billionaires, own the millionaires, and all of oh, their yeah. heirs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which, is, which is kind of what you're saying, really. You know, it's, it's everything is owned by people um,
2: Yeah, well, when the, you know, with the, money the, influence. when they are, And you had it in Britain with Jeremy Corbyn, and we have it now with Bernie Sanders. They, they, they either just ignore him because they know yeah. he's right, or they just, like, diss him the whole time and uh, it's because they control the media, they control the story that most people are seeing on the TV screens.
4: Uh, and it's well, very hard to circumvent that. My, my son's doing a politics high level at the moment, and he's, he's incredibly left-wing. Um, he's the only person uh, I know who said he's, um, he's, uh, his biggest criticism of Jeremy Corbyn was that he wasn't left-wing enough. Yeah, uh, yeah, he He's he he's been following um, Bernie's campaign with uh, a lot of interest. Yeah.
3: Well, this, this, this episode's took a turn for the, the difference, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hello, hello and welcome to You Haven't Heard This Politics podcast. But no, that, to be fair, that's, uh, I think that's what you're, you're synonymous with, isn't it? You know, that that is, that is what you're about. And obviously you're a musician, you're an artist, but it's... It, Comes with uh, that message as well.
2: Yeah, and it's interesting. You know, I've tried. You know, the previous album, I tried to uh stray away from being too political. There was like one or two songs, and I thought, but there's all these other songs. And then whilst I was recording that, it was in October 2016, and we went over on the recording, and and the no, the election was in November. So we went past the election, and Trump got elected, and and everyone. Was stunned. Nobody thought it would win. Hmm. So it gave me a chance on that album to add another song and change lyrics. And and it, 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 there's so many things going on in the world that uh, deny you know basic human rights and social justice for people. I, even though I try to steer clear of it, I can't. It's just in my blood, you know. And it's <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's enough going
3: on in the world to to keep you in music for for the rest of your life. Easy.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately.
3: So when's the uh, when's the Chumba Wumba reunion tour?
2: I don't know. We keep, <laughs> you know, people say, oh, you should reform or blah, blah, blah. The last time we played was 2012, which was like the 30th anniversary of the first ever show. Uh, but that's the last time we did it.
3: Uh, so two years' time then?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe, uh, I guess in a couple of years it'll be 40 years, so maybe we'll see, I don't
9: know.
3: And if our listeners uh, want to get hold of you, they want to listen to you, they want to follow you, they want to, you know, social media streams, or if they want to purchase your work, where can they do all this? Uh,
2: well, there's like a Dan But No Bacon YouTube channel videos. Uh, no com website points you to all the things, you know, that's probably the best place because you... you you can kind of click and go buy the music, listen to it, go to the YouTube or whatever. I stick, you know, my albums are on Bandcamp. Okay. Uh, you can find them there. That's probably the easiest place.
3: Awesome. And we'll put all those links in the show notes for you as well. So okay, yeah, thanks. Go check out all of our artists that have been on the show. Uh, artist, uh, no, not Artist Spotlighter, uh, the, um, the Wild Card. Go and check out the Wild Card because they were Yeah, phenomenal. Black Rock with a Q yeah <laughs> and yeah go and check out Danbert's no new work when it comes out in May and we're gonna play his the first song off the album emergency emergency yeah we're gonna play that now so yeah thanks again Dan for jo- Danbert for joining us it's been an absolute pleasure and taking time out for us yeah, yeah thanks, thanks Danbert.
2: Dan thanks Rich James, thanks Neil thanks
3: so yeah here is Danbert with his song emergency
9: satisfaction,
3: from the meaningless distraction,
9: the daily vicissitude, a
3: celebrity fake
9: attitude, of who is not wearing what, and who is not dating who, and who isn't, and who is that, and, and all the I other crap we get too much of a shit about. about. A more of marketing, whole industry spent on perfecting ways of perception managing, of tricking our brains into thinking that it's somehow more human to resign
8: ourselves to the end of the world
9: than it is for us to envision the end. That keeps us all locked in. Call this entrapocracy. Call this bullshit. The meeting sound shimmer a cell. Something's gotta give. Shut, Shut down, down this entrapocracy. Call that bullshit. Our unrepresentative representatives. Your time is
6: we
0: Favorite band's about to play a sold-out show. You got in, over here, with a friend, and found a spot close enough to see the setlist. They're definitely playing your song. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands.